Last week, if I mark my notes right, we got down to verse 17 in chapter 34. <clears throat> and in chapter 34, we had an interesting, we've, we've gotten up to an interesting account here because uh, from the beginning of chapter 34, we have uh, uh, Diana, uh, which is the daughter of, of Jacob. Uh, she had went out and we discussed some different things as far as what might have been going on at this time and what all was, was happening. But ultimately, uh, the town they were living in here in Shechem, uh, we have the son of Hamar, uh, whose name is Shechem, uh, sees Diana. He takes her and, uh, and rapes her and basically keeps her locked up. That's what we'd made mention of last week. We'll see that. Uh, and more, well, did we? <clears throat> well, we'll see that uh, for sure later on this, today. <clears throat> but anyhow, he takes her, locks her up, and tells his father, says, I, know, I want you to get me this woman as a wife. So the father goes to Jacob and speaks to him. And, uh, and basically when the father and his, his sons come in, which uh, the sons of Leah, which... This is the daughter of Leah, by the way. So we have the true blood brothers of uh, Dinah uh, being here as, uh, as Shechem and his father is talking with them and basically trying to ask for what, what they, can, they can give them in order to, to have Diana as a, you know, for Shechem to have Diana as a wife. Who remembers what uh, the brothers tell uh, Shechem here? All right, so the brothers here is what we'll, we'll, we'll read specifically of um, Simeon and Levi, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Simeon and Levi uh, making, or they're the ones that we see going out, so I'm assuming these are the two that are speaking at this time. We do know that it's, it's their brothers, or her brothers. It says that you well, we can't do this unless you all be circumcised. So all of you be circumcised, and then we'll, you know, we'll be able to take you know, your daughters, and, and you can take our daughters, and, and, and my, as Julie said, we'll all be one happy family. <clears throat> but as we'll see, this is only a, um, a, a deception, uh, some, a plan that they have in place here that we'll see uh, uh, being revealed here in just a minute. All right, so that's pretty much where we're at because we're going to pick up here in, in verse 18 um, and, and go through a little bit here. So any other thoughts or comments or questions up to this point? All right, good deal. Uh, starting in verse 18, we have, and this is at you, so the brothers have, have told them what they needed to do uh, in order to take Diana. So we have, in their words, please Hamar and Shechem, uh, Hamar's son. <clears throat> so the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than than all the household of his father. Uh, and Hamar and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, "These men are at peace with us; therefore, let them dwell in the land <clears throat> and trade in it." For indeed, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives, and let us give 
them are daughters. Only this condition will the men consent to dwell with us, to be one people, if every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. Will not their livestock, their property, and their animals be of theirs be ours? Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went in, or all who went out of the gate of the city, he did Hamar and Shechem his son. Every male was circumcised. All who went out of the gate of the city, of his city. So, all that. We have uh, Hamar and Shechem coming back, and they were like, yes, this is it. This is all we got to do. And so we, they express it to the people of the city. And, and uh, we made mention last week as far as how that uh, you're, they're looking at it and saying, oh, you know, look, you, you think about this, guys. If we was to do this, that, that huge amount of, of, of uh, possessions that Jacob has out here, <clears throat> It'll all become split up, and, and, and you know, if, if, if we marry into them, they marry into us, then it'll all be split up, and it'll all become ours anyhow. You know, so look at this. You know, it, it'll, it'll be good. And we find that all of them uh, heed this, this, this aspect here and are all circumcised. Um, and as we made mention of last week, though, with this uh, this. Would this create a problem, though? Absolutely. And I, I, want, I want to say it was Julie that had made mention of that last week. said, absolutely. This will definitely uh, cause a hindrance because uh, of Abraham's uh, lineage being the called out ones. And here we have this whole uh, group of people that would be uh, considered into that. And so we, it wouldn't necessarily be... Necessarily be all of the lineage of Abraham here, because it'd be so uh, broad spread, uh, it'd be spread out into uh, other people's harems here. Um, any other thoughts or comments? So, in this section here, I know I'm flowing through this pretty quickly. All right, well, let's keep going. Then, verse twenty-five, it says, "Now it came to pass on the third day." Um, and it came to pass on the third day when they were all in pain that the, the two sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Diana's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. And they killed Hamar and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword and took Dana uh, from Shechem's house and went out. And the, the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, their oxen, their donkeys, uh, what was in the city and what was in the field, and all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives they took captive, and they plundered even all that was in the houses. Do we think they had a plan here? Stephen and Levi, absolutely. I mean, man, they, on the third day when they were in you know, in the most pain, um, you know, that I think they they knew when this pain was going to come about, and so they had planned it out on that third day, and uh, and went in and took them all. Right? 
took everyone, uh, all the males, and it talked. And now the interesting thing here is that it talks about uh, Simeon and Levi picking up their sword and going in. Now there are thoughts that uh, that they might have had some of their servants going in with them uh, to to help this mission out as far as killing all the men and overtaking uh, the wives and children and. and does say that the sons of uh, Jacob had plundered uh, the fields and and taken all the uh, taken all the goods. So I don't know if the rest of the sons joined in after the fact, or if they were all involved with it, or or if these sons here were just like uh, earlier in the chapter, and it's just talking about Simeon and Levi. Don't know for sure, but we do know that they took pretty much everything that they had. I mean, all the way down to what was inside their houses, and uh, and took them as you know, and took their wives and children uh, back with them as captives. So they pretty much eliminated this whole whole town. All right. Well, let's finish out the chapter in verses thirty through thirty-one. It says, "Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me by making me obnoxious." I, I like other versions. They he. he uh, has this translated instead of obnoxious as stink uh, among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites the Pez- and the Pezrites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, should he treat our sister like a harlot? So what was Jacob afraid of? What was the thought here? Why, why was he upset? Je- uh, Jeremy? All right, so he was, he was afraid that, that all these other inhabitants of the land around him, it makes mention of the Pezzarites and the uh, Canaanites <coughs> uh, joining their forces together and coming after them uh, and, and killing them. Absolutely, absolutely. And... The time that, that Jim's talking about as far as right there at the end of Jacob's life when he's giving out you know, all the blessings <clears throat> and specifically making mention of the birthright here is in chapter 49. And you can read there and here as what Jim has made mention of, Simeon and Levi were uh, specifically taken out of that birthright order, which Reuben would have been the first uh, Firstborn, the one that, that would have had hold of the birthright, but we'll see in the next chapter of how he lost uh, the birthright uh, from him. But then when it got down to the Simeon and Levi, here we have this issue as well. So very good. Uh, any other thoughts or comments here? Um, I've tried my best not to read out of, of, of certain phrases or exact quotations or what have you from commentaries or what have you but closing out this chapter uh, once again in, in this commentary one of the commentaries I like to look through is uh, uh, James Kaufman uh, commentary and right here at the end of his commentary he makes a, a pretty good little statement here that I liked uh, that I wanted to read to you uh, regarding the aspects of this chapter And it says, the great thrust of this chapter 
is to show how God used the faults and even the gross wickedness of men in the furtherance of his wise designs. In the people of this chapter, no one appears without blame, even sin. But if Almighty God should be restricted to only using perfect and righteous people, all would be lost. Of course, this does not nullify the truth that all sinners, even the ones that God might use, must suffer the consequences of their sins. This chapter stresses that truth. Shechem was killed along with his father. Uh, Diana uh, was left brokenhearted and defiled. Jacob was forced to leave a profitable business, uh, referencing the, the land that he was there in and, and apparently the tradings or what have you he was doing there. Uh, and his guilty sons bore his curse, referencing what we were just talking about as far as uh, not getting the birthright because of this event. <clears throat> Yet God's redemptive plan moved on. And uh, I thought that was, I, I really like that because when you think about it and you think about how that God does use uh, evil people many times for good uh, or even some of the things that we might do that are that are not good in a good uh, manner, uh, it truly amazes me. I tell you, I've, I've often looked back on my life and some of the things that I've done that I haven't been so proud about and see some of the things that have come about from it, uh, it just makes me uh, in awe of, of how good God is in, in all things. But just wanted to, to read that to you and, and share that with you. Any thoughts or comments on that as we close out the chapter? Yes, Barbara. All right. I pointed out how that uh, we are not to be taking revenge on people, but it is up to God to take that revenge. Um, not too sure what the best scenario would be as far as how to handle this situation. Obviously, killing off a whole you know, line of people might not have been the best situation, obviously, but uh, it could have been that if Jacob was a speak up, a spoke up, when his sons had made mention of them being circumcised, that you know, this might not would have happened. Uh, don't really know what the best plan is. All we have recorded is what happened. So, But that's a very good uh, thought there, as far as not right. Obviously, Jacob was uh, was distraught over this as well, and, and didn't like the idea of what they ended up doing. So, mm-hmm. not letting emotions uh, have the the effect on us like that. You know, one thing that that I thought about, although Reuben obviously has his faults as well, is that this is Simeon and Levi, and like I'd spoken of, is Reuben was the oldest. You know, he would have been the, the oldest of this, this particular family uh, from Leah, whom uh, Simeon and Levi are from as well. But yet we don't read of Reuben being part of this plan. And later on when we come up and as far as uh, Joseph and him being uh, sent out into the field, and, and if you remember uh, the brothers, you obviously didn't like him because of some of the dreams that he had and the, and the way that his father had treated him. You're very special because he was the firstborn of, of Rachel. But uh, if you remember, or as we'll, we'll talk about later anyhow, maybe it will you know, pique your interest and want to come back. 
when they, when they saw uh, Joseph coming out to check on them, is what Jacob sent them out to do, uh, the brothers uh, piled up against them and wanted to kill him. But it was Reuben that stood up and said, no, let's not kill him and threw him into a pit. Now, we'll talk more about that when we get to that point. But I just find it interesting here on how that it was Reuben that stood up, and there could be other reasons, and we'll talk about that when we get to that point. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But Reuben is the one that stood up and said, no, let's not kill him. And, uh, and here we have this, this massacre going on, and yet we don't read of Reuben being part of it. So just words of thought there that I thought I'd bring up. Anything else? So. All right. Well, on into chapter 35. This chapter has many different aspects, many different things going on within this chapter. It's like, you know, in chapter 34 here, we had pretty much a whole uh, aspect, a whole account of one particular thing going on. In the beginning part of chapter 35 here, we, we, we know why, you know, God's telling them to move to Bethel, but um, because of what's going on, what had happened in, in chapter 34, but uh, but in chapter 35, we have several different aspects being broken up here and happening, uh, several different things going on, but uh, I just want to make mention of that before we get into it because we're, we're going to be jumping around a, a fair amount as far as what's, what's happening here. Not that I'm jumping around in the chapter, just the chapter kind of jumps around as far as different things going on. So first, first, first seven verses in chapter 35 says, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make an altar to the God uh, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of, of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household, and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in which in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their foreign gods, which were in their hands, and the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree, which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and and they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all, his, all the people who were with him, and he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel because God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. All right, so here in this in the beginning part of this chapter, we have uh, God telling you know, uh, Jacob to, to, to go to Bethel. Um, now, from Shechem here, Bethel was only about a day's journey. Uh, and from what I read, it was actually about 1,000 miles. Uh, not 1,000 miles. <laughs> that is a long day's journey. <laughs> I want to say it was 1,000 feet maybe above uh, the the land of Shechem. It was higher than the land of Shechem. That's what I'm trying to get at here. So when it said to go up, it was, you know, he was literally going up. But 
Also, the aspect of going up often refers to worship as well, going up. So go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God. But when you think about what had just happened, you can almost see Jacob, in a sense, possibly even going to his knees and praying to God and asking, you know, what do I need to do? And in a sense, this could be God's response to his prayer, saying you need to go up to Bethel. You know, go up there, dwell there, and make an altar uh, unto me. And so here we have him, you know, this being said. Uh, we have the aspect, though, in verse 2, said Jacob uh, said to his household, and all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves, and change your garments. What about these foreign gods? You know, who, who might have had all these foreign gods that he might have been turning to and making reference to? Maybe his own wife. Um, and, and that kind of hit me on the, on the latter end of it, honestly. My first thought was, you know, here we had all the wives and children from all the males that were killed in Shechem you know, that were being taken captive uh, into uh, his familyhood, I guess you can call it, or what have you, because you know, it says his family and all who were with him. And my first thought was, well, maybe it's all these, these people that just come from Shechem, you know, the foreign gods that they might have carried with them, uh, or maybe in the foreign gods that they might have plundered out of there. I don't know. Uh, but this aspect that Jim made mention of as far as you know, his own wife, uh, and it very well could be... Um, I had a note in, in my notes here about, because uh, Josephus had made mention, uh, now granted this isn't an inspired writer or anything, but he had made mention that it was at this time uh, of, of Jacob purifying his, his followers that he may have came upon, or that he came upon uh, the gods of Laban, uh, which you know, obviously he didn't know of and might not have known of until this point. It might have been that he found out earlier in the aspect, and now he's just like, you know what? No, we need to get rid of this. We need to get rid of it now. Absolutely. And that's exactly what's happening here is that, you know, he's, he's and, and also keep in mind where he's, he's about to head to. He's about to head to Bethel. And if you remember back in 28, I think, I think it was chapter 28, uh, where Jacob was fleeing uh, from his brother's wrath, you know, as he was heading out of town, in a sense, going over to uh, his uncle's house. It's here in Bethel that he had this, this dream, this vision of the angels ascending and descending uh, this ladder, reaching up to heaven. And that's why he called it Bethel. Uh, Bethel... Um, the, the place of God, house of God, I think it is. I think it was, I think Bethel means the house of God, if I remember right. I could be wrong in that. I didn't put that in my notes. But it's, you know, he's going up to this place uh, to where he had this vision of these angels coming in and out of heaven, uh, going across the land, basically carrying out God's mission, right? And that was the, 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 the main grasp of the vision here is that God's with you. God's going to handle things. 
But this is where he had had this vision at, and he had placed this pillar here in, in, uh, you know, in marking this place. And so here God's telling him to go back to Bethel. Um, and in so doing, he's wanting to purify those people, wanting to make sure we get things right in our heads before we head back there. And I find it very interesting, after they'd given up all the gods, uh, which the earrings, uh, which they talk about, this wasn't no decorative earrings. These were actual uh, uh, symbols or, or emblems of, of different gods or what have you. So it wasn't just, you know, oh, you can't wear any earrings. No, it was related to these foreign gods. So I, I find it very interesting that it wasn't until after we see him purifying your, his his household here and getting rid of all these household gods that, that we read of in verse 5, God putting terror upon all the cities that were around them that they did not pursue them. And uh, I don't think that it's coincidence that it's, it's after they put away these gods that we have this verse, but yet um, here we have God, or, or Jacob purifying his household, and then we see the protection that God gives them. And we see him coming into uh, Bethel and building this altar, though. But any thoughts or comments in the first seven verses here? Verse 8 is an interesting verse. It says, Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the terebith tree, so the name of it uh, was called Alon Bakhuth. I, I don't I'm not good with names, but literally that's, that means uh, terabith of weeping. But I find this interesting because of the, you know, for one, you know, it kind of breaks up the sections here. You know, from 9 to 14, we find out you know, what happens at, um, in Bethel as far as what, what's going on uh, after he builds this altar and everything. But also, when we think about who Deborah is, Deborah was, uh, well, the text says Deborah was uh, Rebecca's nurse. All right, so it was her handmaid that was given to uh, to her when she got married. But who was Rebecca? Um, it was Isaac's wife. Isaac's wife, which would be Jacob's mother. J- Jacob's mother, Rebecca, had sent him away to her brother's house, Laban, uh, Back, like I said, I won't say it was around chapter twenty-eight, uh, but it was because of the of what he had done there. And I'm not, I don't want to try to get too far in depth of what happened there. But it's Rebecca's handmaid. It was Rebecca's nurse uh, that was given to her uh, from her brother Laban when she had left uh, her her mother's house and went to be Isaac's wife. Um, but. The interesting thing that I find about this is that it's, this is Jacob's mother's handmaid. But when Jacob had fled, we don't read of Deborah going with Jacob. Uh, matter of fact, I mean, when you read through that, it, it appears that he's by himself. Nothing's with him. All he had was his staff is what a particular uh, verse says, and I can't remember where that's at exactly, but it's prior to this point. Um, where it talks about Jacob saying, you know, here I am, 
uh, it was before he was meeting Esau. It says, here I am uh, crossing this river. I, I came with just a staff in my hand, but now uh, you've broken me up into two separate uh, groups. But anyhow, um, we don't read of him taking Deborah with him. and We don't read of Deborah going to him. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think is going on here? How did Rebecca might have come part of this company? There's two ideas that I had or that, that I'd read about that might be going on, what, how this happened. But I just wanted to throw it out there to you. No, that, that's good because I, I actually had that, had that in my notes um, as far as how that, you know, because we see there was weeping going along because of, you know, what he had called the, uh, the place, of, you know, the Terabith of weeping here uh, where he had buried Deborah. And so exactly because of the, the sorrow that was going on here, Deborah was probably a lot uh, like a mother figure to him, whether it be um, <clears throat> or for whatever the reason, uh, maybe it was a memory that he had of his mother or what have you, is what Jim and made mention of. But there was two thoughts that, that I'd read about that may have happened here of how Deborah might have had come a part of his household. It could be that while, she was o- while Jacob was over with Laban, when he had become, when he'd uh, gotten married and started having kids, that Rebecca heard about it and sent her handmaid to him uh, to help him with these children. Could be, don't know. Or it could be that when Rebecca had died, that uh, her handmaid decided to leave and go to Jacob uh, to help with him. Because of the, if you remember, Rebecca and Jacob were close together. They were, you know, Jacob was Rebecca's favorite and Esau was Isaac's favorite. So it could be that that was the case as well. Don't know for sure. Those are just theories. There could be something else that might have happened. But obviously at some point in time, Deborah became part of Jacob's uh, group here. But I am out of time, and that's all. You know, I don't want to get into the next stint here. But any other thoughts or comments before I close? All right, very good. Thank you very much.